0: content. If you wait till the end of the show, then there'll be bonus content. I just thought I'd let you know there's gonna be bonus content. If you wait around till the end, there's gonna be bonus content. You know, I consider you all my personal friends. That's why I'm telling you about the bonus content. Bonus content. Bonus, <laughs> bonus, 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 <laughs> bonus content. good enough
1: hello ladies and gentlemen it's me daniel k the host of this podcast name something or other blah 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 a man plays a video game and it's a podcast um shit let's take that from the top shall we hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the daniel k's let's plays podcast i'm daniel k the host Of the Daniel K's Let's Plays Podcast, the world's first and favourite audio-only video game Let's Play Podcast, in which I, Daniel K, play video games, but it's an audio-only format, you can't see the video game being played, you rely on me to tell you what is going on on the screen, and what's it going to be today? Another text adventure, another episode of the Twine game, The Axolotl Project. Yes, that's what I feel like doing, playing that. So, you're, you're along for the ride? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. This is good. This means that I get to record this episode, which is great. But what it really means is I get to go through old NASA photographs and like Apollo mission photographs and uh, Hubble Space Telescope photographs and uh, and uh, satellite flybys, Voyager space probe flybys of uh, other planets in our solar system so that I can make the thumbnails which go with this because uh, I've, I've sort of f- fallen into a theme with the thumbnails, and it's a fun theme to fall into. It's a good little rabbit hole to go down looking at all the astronaut photography which is out there. There's a pretty good NASA website with, you know, all the old photos that those men took on the moon when they went to the moon. They took a bunch of photos, and they're really cool. Or just like they're hanging out in the weird little ship they flew around in to the moon, taking photos... Out the windows, and then it's like out the window when it's the moon out there, or out the window when it's space out the window, and sometimes there's the earth. Yeah, R- amazing photos, you should check them all out. Uh, Alright, Uh, so let's go over and open up. Here we are, the Axolotl Project by Samantha Vick, found at www.samanthavickgames.com slash axolotl. Ah, the Axolotl Project. So, listen up to the last few episodes if you need to catch up. I'll wait. I'll wait right here. Um, hang on. So, the last Axolotl Project was 40 minutes and 31 seconds, and then the episode before that, as we scroll down to find it, was 39 minutes and 4 seconds. Uh, so that's that one hour, about one hour and 20 minutes. I'll leave you one hour and 20 minutes here in this episode, and then I'll let you listen to those two, and then by the time you've finished this uh, episode, I'll just start talking again. So, uh, yeah, just leave this one running, and then at the one hour and, uh, 23 minute mark to take into account this intro, I'll just start talking again with the actual game. So see you on the other side of that, listeners. No, fuck it. That would be really annoying, wouldn't it? So I've decided not to do that. I, I was like 50% considering literally making that happen, but no, I'm pulling the plug. There's no way that's going to be entertaining for anybody. You would all just have to stop and play with your damn, uh, you know, listening devices and try and find that mark, which I told you, and that would suck. So let's just actually get on with the gameplay instead of indulging in stupid, dumb idiot jokes. All right, we're in the foyer... We just wanted to go up to our personal quarters with our crates of personal effects and stuff stashed under our bed. But, ah, uh, oh, it turns out there's some kind of clean up going on there. Uh, and until it's all cleaned up, we're not allowed there. Hang on, I've got the, the button right here. Magnet lifts up. You push the button for the magnet lift, but it fails to light up. From our one way speaker next to the lifts, so a voice blares Employees are prohibited from entering the habitation area until sanitization processes are complete. Oh, well, that's new, says I. Uh, looks like Casey? Is that my name? Is my name Cassie? Casey? Shit, I've forgotten already. It's alright, it'll come up in the text adventure, I'm sure, and I'll know. That'd be I'll, I, yeah. Looks like you won't be able to go upstairs until they're finished cleaning. You hope that they don't go through your stuff. Let's go back. Uh, yeah, in the inventory, journal entry number one... Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Donovan Kiv, blah, blah, blah. dead wife and child, da, 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 da As for the intern, blah, blah, blah. Casey, I'm Casey. Here we are. Bam. Casey, however, seems to be as excited as I was at discovering the moon axle, uh, 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 salamanders. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back. So the only place that we can go is we can't go anywhere in this research area of the labs. We've got to go to the executive wing. So let's go... Where are we? Through the Dumbledores. Here we are, connecting hallway. This hallway is wider, a lot nicer than the hallways, than the lab- laboratories. I keep on trying to say laboratories. Listening back to editing the podcast, I listen to myself say laboratory every time. I think, oh, geez, Daniel has a real problem with that word, doesn't he? Yeah, you'd be right. Laboratories. That's what I should say, not laboratories. That's a bit laborious to say it that way each time. Um, yeah. Shoes click on parquet floors. Classy wallpaper for some reason. Blah, blah, blah. We're heading to the executive reception area. Click. The door slides open to reveal a large lobby, tastefully decorated. Soothing music floats down from somewhere overhead. To your right is a waiting area with leather chairs and a rack filled with glossy magazines. In front of you is a huge reception desk top with the black marble... Behind it, a vid screen is subdivided into dozens of smaller squares, each showing a scene from somewhere in the base. A security guard sits behind the desk, scanning the footage and ignoring it completely. The door to the north has a stamped leather sign that reads, Crystal's Office in curly letters. Stamped leather sign that reads, Crystal's Office in curly letters. Stamped leather. What does that. That. What on earth is stamped leather? At first I was picturing, like, stamped leather. Who knows? Uh, Anyway. Uh, The southern door has a much more discreet plaque that reads William Gallo and staff quarters. The double doors opposite the reception desk lead back to the connecting hallway. All right, let's uh, start by sitting on the leather chairs. Click. Man, these chairs are sweet. You feel like you could lounge here all day. Uh, I had to go back, though back. Uh Let's check out these glossy magazines here by the leather chairs. Glossy magazines. These magazines are all current. They must be shipped to the base along with the monthly delivery of food, fuel, and equipment. You're shocked to learn of the latest celebrity breakup. Although you should know better, you can't help but be drawn in by this type of thing. Yep, let's go back. Uh, In front of you is a huge reception desk with behind it a vid screen. Let's check out that vid screen, shall we? Although you didn't notice any cameras out in the lab, there's a security video of just about every corner of the facility. You're relieved to see that your apartment apparently remains camera-free. There is one dark square right between your lab and Donovan's lab. You wonder if that might be Adam's former lab. I wonder why it would be the camera turned off. It's lucky if it is, because otherwise the guy would be looking in there and... I guess seeing one of the salamanders, although maybe it'll be a shocking revelation when we finally get that door open that there's a weird secret government thing in there. Ah, I wonder what it could be, listeners. Uh, Probably just a, a salamander. Anyway, let's talk to the security guard who sits behind the desk scanning the footage and ignoring you completely. Click, security guard, click. He looks like the type of guard who might be interested in a lowly scientist. He looks like the type of guard who might be interested in a lowly scientist wandering the halls of the upper crust. His back is facing you. It might be best to leave him be. Oh, okay. So this is saying the guard being interested in us would probably be a bad thing. So that's why we're just going to let him watch the cameras and, and leave him alone. Gotcha. Gotcha, game. Alright, so should we check out this Crystal's office? It sounds like we don't really want to. But I don't want to talk to William Gallo either. He tried to kill me when I had a needle in my neck in episode one. That was a real bad time. Um, but those are the only two options. Either Crystal's office or Southern Door. Uh... Uh, those are two bad options for me. Socially awkward Dan, who doesn't want to talk to fancy sign owning Crystal who complains about water use. And doesn't want to talk to axolotl killing William Gallo, the old neck needle. Um, let's talk to Crystal first, because she's chronologically first. Crystal's office. The first thing you notice when you walk into Crystal's office is the view. The entire western wall of this circular room consists of one huge Curved window, highlighted text, I can investigate that later. Beyond which, a huge and glorious earth is waxing. The sight is so breathtaking after so many windowless rooms that it takes you a moment to notice the second thing about Crystal's office, which is that it is pink. Hang on, I've got to stretch out my legs. I'm not sitting in my comfortable office chair, listeners, I'm sitting on the ground this time. It's bad for my legs. I'm going to get pins and needles. Anyway, it's not just regular pink. You have nothing against the colour pink. In moderation you might have owned a few pink items back in the day when you were young and impressionable but the decor of this office goes far beyond the normal color spectrum and into a dimension where nothing exists but a huge headache inducing pinkness lacy pink curtains hang at either side of the huge window on the floor in front of the desk is a plush round carpet coloured to look like a rosebud all in different shades of pink with a border of barbed wire all around the edges of the room lurk spindly tables covered in doilies and small breakable things ceramic cherubim smile beatifically next to maudlin portraits of Mary and Joseph there seem to be an awful lot of things made of raw hide on the northern wall a large jeweled crucifix hangs over the door to Crystal's living quarters what the fuck is this in space? this is crazy In the middle of this chitsy chaos is Crystal's wide wooden desk. In addition to the computer terminal, the desk is also home to a couple more big-eyed statuettes, as well as a picture of the Texas flag in a silver frame. Behind the desk, Crystal sits in a plush pink chair and gives you a bright smile. The door to the south leads back to the reception area. Jesus. So we've got so many things we can look at. We can look at the curved window we can look at the lacy pink curtains hung at either side of the huge window we can look at the round carpet coloured to look like a rosebud we can look at the small breakable things on the doily covered spindly legged tables we can look at the ceramic cherubim we can look at the jewelled crucifix we can look at crystal and by look I think I mean interact with all those things so let's just get it done with curved window first and then we'll move through Do, do do we want to look at everything in this game? Maybe you want it quick and bangy. No, maybe there'll be puzzles or items. Mm, no, let's just let's skip it. You know what all them are. Let's talk to Crystal. Crystal looks to be about 40 years old. Her frizzy orange hair has been forcibly restrained by a large pink cowboy hat. With which it clashes horribly. She wears brightly red lipstick and entirely too much turquoise jewellery. She seems to be waiting impatiently for you to speak. Talk to Crystal? I mean, the option no is screaming me right in the face, but we're going to hit the old yes button, aren't we, listeners? Yes. Well, howdy, Sugar Plum. What a nice surprise. I can't do that. Oh, howdy, Sugar Plum. What a nice surprise. <sighs> like this game is begging me to do it like a texan accent but i don't know if i can manage it well howdy sugar plum well howdy sugar plum (sighs) well howdy sugar plum i can't do plum i can't do plum well howdy sugar plum what a nice surprise to find you wandering into my office unannounced why don't you sit down and tell me what's on your mind?
0: To catch Make your whole click, lose it. Boy,
1: I know you wanna come and kick it out Houston. Bitch, I'm from Texas. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so I have got some options here. I can say uh thanks, this sure is a nice place you have here. Or I can say you're from Texas then. I can say, listen, I was wondering if you could help me out. Uh, let's compliment her living quarters with a thanks. This sure is a dot, 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 nice place you have here. Why, thank you, darling. It's just one of the perks of being a go-getting career gal. She turns to look out the window. Whenever I get lonesome, all I have to do is look out this window across the Meribrium, here in that big blue ball, and it always cheers me right up thank the baby Jesus for geosynchronous rotation. Uh, no, I've got some options. I can say... Wait, what did you say? I can say the view is nice, I was talking more about the decor, or I can say I I should go. I want to go back, and now that I've done my pleasantry at her, I want to ask for help getting into the Magna Lifts to get into my own room. Uh, or I can go back onto my laptop and troll people on the internet. Um... Okay, let's go with the first option, which is... Thank the baby Jesus for... Wait, what did you say? Let's click that. For a split second, Crystal looks alarmed. Oh, I was just saying that it sure is handy of the moon to spin so that I can always see that big beautiful planet there. BBP, listeners. I'll have to thank the man in the moon for it. Just as soon as I find him, she laughs loudly. I can ask what brought you to the moon in the first place. Uh, I can say, right, I think I should start over. Um, I can say, let me go find him for you. I, I worry about being snarky to this woman. Um, I might be taken over by her Texan charm. Uh, so what brought you to the moon in the first place, I ask her. My career, darling, it might be nearly the 22nd century of our Lord Jesus, but it still seems like those silly old corporations would rather hire a man than a woman for all the important jobs, no matter how qualified she is. Crystal turns towards the window so that her face is hidden. Sometimes a girl has to take the position that no one else wants, far from home, in order to get the respect she deserves. Uh, I've I've got a couple options here. I can say, can we start over? I can say, this seems like a private moment I should go. Um, but I can be uh, a bit weird, and I can say, it doesn't seem like Bill Gallo has much respect for anyone but himself. Uh, and our Texan friend replies, oh yeah, Bill, crystal-sized theatrically. He certainly does like to have his way, doesn't he? I'm sure you know how it is, sweetie. It always falls to the ladies to make sure the men folk feel that they're in charge. It keeps them complacent and more easily manoeuvred, after all. Sun Tzu tells us, pretend inferiority and encourage the enemy's arrogance. So I've got four options again. I can say, what? Uh, I can say, so you consider Gallo your enemy then? I can say, oh, let's start over. Or I can say, Sun Tzu, huh? I should go. So let's... Let's continue this weird, weird path we've forged and say, let's. So you consider Gallo your enemy then? What a weird conversation to be having. Anyway, she says, Did I say that? Crystal smiles serenely. The way I see it, the whole Cyreneida TM business is all Bill's baby. If everything goes right, then he'll get all the fame and glory that he feels he deserves. And if not, Crystal shrugs, no one can blame little on me, then can they? Uh, and then I can reply with, Gallo didn't create Sirenita, he he stole all his work from Henry Adams. Or I can say, that sounds ominous. I can say, wait, can we start over? I can say, yeah, I just remembered something, I have to go. So, we came this far, let's, let's just bu- bu- bundle blunder on ahead. Gallo didn't create Sirenita, he stole it. Henry Adams? Crystal taps a few keys on her terminal. Oh, yes, a mid-level researcher whose contract was terminated three months ago. It says here that he suffered a nervous breakdown. She looks at you quizzically. Sugar, if Bill really is trying to take credit for someone else's work, surely this Henry Adams would come forward and contest it. It's only the most talked-about drug of the past 50 years, after all. I only have one option now. That's just it. I think it's because Gallo has him locked up in the institution somewhere. What the fuck? Do I? Is that what I think? Really? Holy shit. Gallo has Adams locked up somewhere? Okay, click it. Bang. What a thing to say. Crystal smiles at you with her mouth only. I think you might be tuckered out after all that running around the base unsupervised. Why don't you go back to your apartment and take a nice nap? She picks up a pen meaningfully. I'm sure you'll feel a rider's rain after some sleep. I'm awful busy, what with the running of this entire scientific installation and all. Feel free to let yourself out, sugar. And I say, well, goodbye then. She says, don't be a stranger. Your cell phone starts to vibrate. New message from Henry Adams. The peacock knows that feathers distract enemies from sharpened talons. Is that a haiku? Hang on, listeners, while I obnoxiously figure out if that's a haiku. The peacock knows that Feather distract enemies from sharpened talents. Yeah, it's a haiku. I have no interest in haikus. Oh, but that's cryptic. How does Henry Adams know that I just talked to that Texan peacock? Anyway, let's go back. We're in Crystal's office. We can look at all her decor and her cherubim, her small breakable things, or we can talk to her again, I think. Let's talk to her again and ask for help. Crystal looks to be a oh, we start right from the beginning. Talk to Crystal? Yes. Well howdy, sugar plum, what a nice surprise to find you wandering into my office unannounced. Why don't you sit down and tell me what's on your mind? Uh let's this time say, Listen, I was wondering if you could help me out. Click. Of course Who needs an intricate corporate chain of command when you can just march on into the nearest executive office and ask for a personal favour? Crystal smiles wild at at you, exposing dazzling white teeth. What is it I can do for you today, Miss Casey? I can say, Ah, well, there's this door I really need unlocked. Or I can say, See, one of my test subjects escaped. Or I can say, Nothing, never mind. Wow, it really lets me... Hmm... Should I confess that one of my subjects escaped or should I ask about the door? I'd intended to ask about the door. Um I don't want to I don't want to piss her off. I don't want her to think I'm a bad scientist. So let's just ask about the door. Uh she says, "You need access to the decommissioned laboratory in the research wing." Whatever for sugar. I say, "Well, I think there may be an escaped salamander in there." Or I say, Ah, I thought I heard a noise in there. Ghosts or something. (laughs) Let's, Let's ask her with the salamander as an excuse. Crystal extends one long, hot pink fingernail and taps a few keys on her computer terminal. You're working with some of the alien specimens, yeah? It was certainly careless of you to let one escape. What a silly girl you are. Crystal is still smiling, but the fingers on her right hand wrap the desk in an irritated staccato. I can ask... You're not gonna tell Bill Gallo, are you? Or I can say, I'm sorry, could you just unlock the door so I can put this stupid thing back in the tank? Let's do that. No, uh, yeah, no, let's do that. Let's not get distracted with this Bill Bill Gallo stuff. She says, "'Now hold your horses there, honey. "'I may be in charge of this facility, "'but Bill is still the lead researcher, "'and he pouts when I don't recognise it. "'You're going to need his permission "'to open the lock on that door.' Crystal produces a notepad from the trinkets in her desk and begins writing in large flowery cursive. "'You just take this note down to Bill's office "'and see if he won't open up that silly old lab. "'I won't tell him why. "'It'll just be our little secret, okay?' I can say, okay, thanks. And I do. What a result. What a result, listeners. I did something right. I can't believe it. She says, don't mention it, darling. Now I want to see a smile on that cute little face of yours. After all, a happy employee is a productive employee. Crystal hands you the note she has written. You can't help but notice that it has a pattern of fluffy kittens printed on it. Shaking your head, you pocket the note. Crystal's note added to inventory. I can say I'll go give this to Gallo. Then uh, I do so, and she says, "Don't be a stranger." We'll go back. Back. Okay, let's go back to the reception area. The only option remaining to me is uh, the southern door, which leads to William Gallo and also the staff quarters. So let's hit that southern door, shall we? A kapow! Executive hallway south. You emerge into a short hallway to the west is the swinging door that leads to the kitchens and the staff dormitory. To the south is a door with the words William Gallo, Head of International Research, printed in large gold letters. The executive reception area is to the north, which is where I've come from. So we can go to the kitchens or we can hit up Gallo with this note. Let's check out the kitchens. Staff quarters. This area has a look of serious everyday use. A couple of tired-looking staff members are taking their breaks on some functional vinyl couches. On the left side of the room, a small vid screen is showing some sort of game show. Muffled clattering and the smell of food waft in from the kitchen to the north. The door to the west leads to the staff dormitory to the south. The cleaning robot is just coming out of the supply closet. The exit is to the hallway in the east. There is a large cage with fairy-type Pokémon in the corner. Well, let's not bother about that. Let's check out the supply closet first. Peering into the closet, you can see that it looks exactly the same as the closet in the lab area. There must be strict codes as to what can be kept here. Uh, No options but back. So, we can look at the vid screen showing some sort of game show. I don't want to do that, though. Uh, Smells of food wafting in from the kitchen. We can go to the kitchen. There's the staff dorms. Let's check out the kitchen. KITCHEN! So, the kitchen is hot and steamy and bustles with activity. At the centre island, three cooks are fever- feverishly constructing a complicated dish involving caviar. A fourth cook stands nearby, employing them to hurry. In one corner, a chef deposits a huge T-bone steak onto a dainty pink plate. In the other corner stand two large vats marked animal feed and reconstituted potato substitutes, respectively. The south door leads back to the staff quarters. Your cell phone starts to vibrate. New message from Henry Adams. A man's worth is shown in the way he treats those who are in his power. Which is another haiku, probably. Uh, So we can look at the cook's. We can look at the vats, or we can go back. Let's check out them vats. You slide all over to the peak into the lids of the potato vat. Sure enough, it's the same pale slop that you've eaten every single day since you came here. Strangely, the stuff in the animal feed vat looks and smells exactly the same. You wonder what you have to do to get one of those steaks. I think you have to be a, a Texas lady. Alright, let's go back. I wouldn't talk to the cooks in real life, so I'm not going to do it here. Let's go back to the staff quarters. Oh, maybe they've got items though. Maybe they'll give me some like a knife or something. Ah, oh, let's speak to the cooks. They all look pretty busy, not to mention harassed. Maybe it would be best to quietly leave before they start to wonder what a girl in a lab coat is doing in their kitchen. Yeah, fair enough. Let's go back. Yeah. Good on your game. Staff quarters. Let's uh let's head let's head to the staff dormitory. I mean we can poke around in some chests, get some personal effects um staff dormitory you find yourself in a room with bunk beds lining the walls by your estimation about a dozen people sleep in this room you wonder why bill gallo needs such a large staff detail for such a small remote installation especially since robots do all the cleaning someone's tried to institute a degree of privacy by hanging some sheets from the ceiling the bunk nearest you has someone snoring in the bottom bunk There is a poster of a glam rock band taped to the ceiling over the top bunk. The eastern door leads to the staff quarters, so I can look at the poster or the bottom bunk. Let's look at the bottom bunk. The snoring person is just a shapeless lump underneath the blanket. You can't even tell if it's a man or a woman. Either way, he or she possesses a truly formidable set of lungs. We go back. Let's look at the poster, and then after that, let's speak to Mr Gallows. The members of the band are clad head-to-toe in black leather and two of them are clutching flying V guitars. They all have their faces painted black and white, although you can't imagine why. You vaguely remember hearing that they're a revival of a famous band from the 1970s, although you never really went in much for classical music. You notice a corner of white paper sticking out from behind the poster. Moving carefully, you climb up to the top bunk and retrieve it. Wow. Brave me. You managed to climb back down without waking the sleeper, although with all this noise he-she is making, you could probably have bounced up and down a couple of times for fun. Journal entry 3 of 5 added to inventory. Inventory! Journal entry number 3. Wow! (coughs) Journal entry number 3. I have been examining the alien life forms closely for some days now. They bear an exceedingly strong resemblance to several species of Earth salamander, especially the axolotl, or Ambistoma mexicanum. The specimens under my care range from 15 to 21 centimeters in length. They possess four short limbs with finger-like digits and a thick tail that they use for balance. Though they were discovered in a pool of liquid nitrogen, they seem equally at home on solid ground. Their two eyes are black and lidless without pupils, they don't appear to require food, and they have no sexual organs. It's possible that they reproduce asexually. Their Their outer dermal layer is soft and translucent, revealing a thick blue liquid that circulates beneath it. They are also bioluminescent. This blue ichor pulses with a slow, rhythmic glow. I believe this blue liquid to be the main factor in what turned out to be the most astonishing thing about them. Detailed anatomical study was hampered by the fact that every attempt to euthanize a specimen for autopsy resulted in rapid, almost... almost instantaneous tissue regeneration. Oh... The creatures are immune to all types of earth poisons. A cut with a scalpel heals within seconds. The creatures appear to possess incredible healing powers. I've focused my efforts on the extraction and examination of this incredible blue fluid. I've assigned the intern the more mundane task of observing the behaviour of the subjects themselves. If I could somehow find a way to adapt this formula for use on humans, sickness and injury might be relics of the past." Wow, I bet I, Casey, feel pretty shit about uh, my my little axolotl friends being all stabbed up in the name of science. But uh, no textual information presents itself on my screen. I just have to imagine that. All right, let's go back. We're in the staff dormitory. We can. Uh, our only option is to go talk to Mr. Gallo now. So let's do that. We'll head uh, take the exit to the hallway in the east. We're now out of the staff staff quarters. We're in the executive hallway south. Uh, to the south is a door with the words William Gallo, head of inter- internal Oh, internal research, not international. I got that wrong, listeners, the first time round. Forgive me, please. Mia Culpa, Mia Culpa. The sign is printed in large gold letters. Let's enter that door. Bang! Gallo's office. The room is dimly lit, and seems even dimmer because of the dark wood panelled walls. Wood paneled. Fuck these guys, right? They're using space fuel to get wood to the moon just to decorate their walls. What a goddamn shit thing to do. Think of the, the waste. Think of the waste. Um, the floor is covered in plush green carpet. That sounds nice. I like that. Right next. I like... I actually like the sound of this. Dark wood panel's wall... Panelled walls with uh, plush green carpet sounds real cool to me. Uh, right next to the door is a row of metal filing cabinets. Ah, open the top one. Oh, there's Pokeballs in here. Cool. Uh, we'll, we'll look at that properly a little later. Taking out most of the far wall is a massive carved wooden desk. The wall behind it is covered in degrees and diplomas from a dozen different universities, as well as framed news stories about Gallo and his accom- accomplishments. Next to the desk stands a full-length mirror in a gilt frame. The standard-issue computer terminal sits on the Baroque-carved desk. The exit to the hallway is north. Gallo sits in a deep, high-backed leather chair, poring over paperwork and studiously ignoring you. It does a real good job of making you real hate these fancy bastards for how decked out their moon officers are. Um... But I gotta say, it's good that this game puts effort into describing the decor that you're in. Or even if it's like a shabby place, the environment is described really nicely. It's not just like, moon, lab, corridor. Imagine a lab corridor, lab corridor, blah blah blah. It's not the same thing again and again. Alright, let's talk to Gallo. Bang. Bill Gallo's white lab coat is spotless and has been meticulously ironed. The round lenses of his glasses gleam in the light from his desk lamp. He is plainly wishing you would go away. Speak to him anyway. Yeah, yeah, hey, Gallo, hey, fucko, we got a note for you, buddy. Yeah, so what is it, intern? As you can see, I am exceedingly busy, says Gallo. I got four options. Oh, excuse my intrusion, good sir. Or I can say, what exactly is it that you do here? I can say, I have a note from Crystal. Bang, done. I don't even need to read the fourth one. A missive from St. Crystal herself, is it? Well, give it here. Gallo plucks the note from your fingers and unfolds it. After sneering at the stationery, he gives the contents a cursory glance and then calmly screws up the note into a ball. Out of the question. Lab number two contains highly sensitive equipment. I'm an evil man, (laughs) hehehehe, and so my voice is slightly evil, that's what he says. I wouldn't trust an intern anywhere near it, especially an intern who seems to find pleasure in poking at highly sensitive things. Ugh, gross. Crystal's note removed from inventory. Um I I only have one option and it's to employ him. You can't just ignore dash Oh, but I can. Gallo tosses the crumpled note into the trash bin beside his desk. You see little intern Crystal asked me to open this door for you. Asked, not ordered. You understand. It's because she knows to trick me with the respect and deference I deserve. And if you don't want to land yourself in a world of trouble, you'll learn that too. I click next to advance. Uh, Suddenly, Gallo's phone begins to ring. Without hesitating, he picks it up. Speak, he demands. After listening for a few minutes to the apologetic mumbling on the other end, he puts the phone down again. Idiot chefs, he mutters, standing up. Before you know what's happening, he's strong, he's strong arming you into the hallway. I have important matters to attend to, he tells you. Did I ever tell you of the tragedy of Darth Pelagius the Wise? Um, what am I doing? Uh, I do not, sorry, that's not what it says. I do not trust you to behave yourself in my office while I am gone. I suggest you return to your quarters. And he shuts the door firmly and he stalks off towards the kitchens. Next. A little too firmly, in fact, Gallo didn't notice that the force of his slam caused the door to rebound slightly, and it hangs invitingly ajar. Fuck it. Okay, Executive Hallway South, let's go back into his room. Gallo's office. The room is dimly lit, seems even dimmer because of the blah 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 blah, computer terminal, wooden desk, hallway, degrees, a mirror, filing cabinets. Gallo has gone. You finally f- you're finally free to poke around in all his stuff. A crumpled white ball of paper is visible in the trash bin. I don't want my note back, but it's weird that it gives me the option to take it back. Let's let's do it. Ball of paper. Crystal's note sits forlornly in the trash bin next to the desk. You feel almost sorry for it. Fish out the note. Why am I doing this? Yeah, sure. You reach over and fish the crumpled note out of the trash. In smoothing it out, you notice something written on the back of it. In Crystal's flowery handwriting, it reads, Sugar, I've already unlocked the door for you. Bill does so like to feel useful. You pocket the note, grinning. Crystal's note re-added to your inventory. Wow, I'm glad I looked in the old bin, aren't I? Should we pilfer through his filing cabinets? Yeah, of course we should. Um, two of the filing cabinets are locked you pull open the last one rifle through the documents inside it looks like they're records of of Gallo's past projects they all look pretty uh, prestigious but everyone has the words no 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 nobel no nobel scrawled across them in thick black pen it seems Gallo takes rejection very hard we go back mirror, let's look at the mirror Despite the newness of this part of the building, the carpet right in front of the full-length mirror looks pretty frayed. It seems that Gallo spends a lot of his time standing here. You pull some faces in the mirror to lighten the atmosphere a bit. Let's go back. Uh, the computer terminal. Let's fuck with his files. Oh, shit. Tom, good afternoon, researcher 004, Casey Karma. I am TOM, the Saddler Corporation's proprietary AI. Okay, goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. Have a pleasant daylight cycle. And now let's go back into the hallway. Back into the reception area. uh, Back through the connecting hallway. Back to the... uh, Research wing. We're here in the foyer, listeners. The foyer with the Magna Lifts where I started this episode. I think that's it. We're going to go check out that lab uh, in the next episode of the Axolotl Project. Um... Yeah, I hope you haven't hated this. I hope you tune in next time. Uh, I play another episode of the Daniel K's Let's Play Zaxxalotl Project series. Uh, bye, everyone. See you around. Bye bye.
0: <coughs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to. Another episode of Evan T's Let's Reads, which is a bastardized version of Daniel K's Let's Reads, which is a smaller segment that belongs in the Daniel K's Let's Plays podcast. And if I remember right, I guess that you just listened to the newest episode of the Axolotl Project. Hey, uh, good job finding those space salamanders and stuff, Dan. Um, oh, I really, I really like the part where, um, you were a scientist and, uh, also the moon yeah that probably you probably talked about the moon a little bit during that episode didn't you? I don't know I haven't heard it yet it's uh it's ten eleven pm for me right now Uh, I need to head to bed here soon but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read chapter 2 of A Comet in Moominland by Toby Anson which I'm still not sure I'm saying that right um I should say a little before I start reading uh, I definitely already started recording myself reading this, and I had a cat in my lap at the time, uh, Alabaster, the little alabasterd and he, um, the the sweet, innocent, pure baby, uh, I, I literally had him in my lap, and I said, oh, this cat's probably going to walk on my laptop while I'm recording, so if the audio messes up, I get to blame him. And I started reading, and wouldn't you know it, he immediately got up and just walked on top of my laptop. And I don't know what buttons he hit, but my audio was, like, really weird. (laughs) So here I am starting again. Uh, So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing. (laughs) All right, without further ado, uh, cue the music. Chapter 2, which is about stars with tails. Next day, it was cloudy. The muskrat went out in the garden and lay in the hammock to think, and Papa wrote his memoirs in the sky-blue room. Moomintroll was hanging about the kitchen door. "'Mama,' he said, "'do you think the muskrat meant anything special when he mentioned those forebodings?' "'I don't think he meant so very much,' said Moominmamma. "'Don't worry about it, dear. Perhaps he'd just got a chill in all that rain and felt a bit queer.' Now run along with Sniff and collect some pears from the blue trees. Moomintroll went, but he was very thoughtful, and decided he would talk to the muskrat about it later. He and Sniff carried the longest ladder they could find up the hill. Are we going to my cave? asked Sniff. Yes, answered Moomintroll. Later, but first we have to collect some pears for Mama. When they reached the biggest blue tree... They saw the silk monkey stirring up in the branches and waving to them. Hello, she screeched. What awful weather. My house is sopping wet and the whole forest is beastly. Are you coming to hunt for crabs? We haven't the time, said Moomin Troll. Mama is going to make some jam, and besides, we've got more important things to think about. Tell, said the silk monkey. I can't tell you except that something is going to happen, said Moomin Troll something dreadful and unnecessary that nobody knows much about but there has been a strange feeling in the air lately ha <laughs> <laughs> ha said the silk monkey very funny now shut up said moomin putting the ladder up against the blue tree and trying to be helpful for a change it was great fun to pick these pears because you could throw them down as hard as you like and they bounced off the ground like rubber balls troll and the other two picked in through and shouted, and the pears hopped and bounced in all directions. Until the ground was covered with them. The silk monkey laughed till she nearly fell off the tree. That's enough, gasped troll at last. We can't eat that much jam in a year. Now we'll roll the whole lot down to the river. I'll stop them at the bridge. You stay here and take care of this end, silk monkey. And Sniff can keep an eye on the water transport. Roll the pears into the river, screamed Sniff excitedly, and he ran off to the river, while the silk monkey rolled the pears one after another down the slope. In they plopped, swirled around in the current, and bounced over the stones. Sniff ran here and there, poking them with a long stick when they got caught up on their journey down to the bridge, where Moom and Troll trapped them and stacked up a big pile on the bank. After a time, Moomin Mama came out of the house with a big gong. Lunchtime, children, she cried well said Troll, as they came up from the garden haven't we picked a lot you certainly have exclaimed Moomin mama I've never seen so many pears. then can we take our lunch out said Troll, to a secret place we have oh please entreated Sniff with lots of food so that there's enough for the silk monkey and could we have lemonade too yes of course dears said Moominmama and then she wrapped up all kinds of good things and put them in a basket with an umbrella on top to be safe on the safe side. The weather was still dull and gray when they reached the cave. Moomintroll had been rather quiet on the way up, worrying about his pearls. And directly they had crept through the opening, he shouted in the alarm "Someone has been here in my cave!" Screamed Sniff, "Wretched wretch!" The pearls, which they had left neatly arranged in a, in a row had been collected together in the middle of the floor in a pattern. "'You might as well count them anyway,' said Moomintroll to the silk monkey, who had joined them in the wood. "'You're the treasurer.' She counted them four times, and then once more for luck, but she always got a different answer. "'How many were there before?' asked Moomintroll. "'I can't remember,' said the silk monkey. "'But the answer was different every time I counted them then, too.' "'Oh,' said Moomintroll. "'Well, that must be right, I suppose.' "'but I wonder who could have been here.' "'They sat, looking gloomily at the pattern of pearls. "'It does look like something,' said Sniff at last. "'A star, I think.' "'With a tail,' said the silk monkey. "'Sniff looked suspiciously at her. "'I suppose it wasn't you who did it,' he said, "'for he remembered very well how the silk monkey had made her curly flourish, "'marking the mysterious path on all of the tree trunks.' It could have been me, she said, but this time it happens to have been somebody else. It could have been anybody, said Moomin But never mind, now, let's eat first. So they unpacked pancakes, sandwiches, bananas, and lemonade from their basket and divided it all into three equal parts. Then there was silence for some minutes while they all munched happily. When everything was finished, they dug a hole in the sand and buried the paper and banana skins. And after that... "'They dug another hole and buried the pearls. "'Then Moomintroll said, "'Now I've eaten and thought and everything is a little clearer. "'This star with a tail must be either a warning or a threat. "'Perhaps somebody is angry with us for some reason. "'A secret society, for instance.' "'Do you think it's somewhere near?' asked Sniff, beginning to get anxious. "'It might easily be angry with me, mightn't it?' "'Yes, you especially,' said Moomintroll. "'That's very likely.' Perhaps this is its cave that you have discovered. Sniff went very yeah. pale and said, "Perhaps we should go home." Nobody took any notice of this, of course. They went out on the ledge and looked at the sea instead. It was like a huge grey silk. Uh It was like a huge grey silk eater down. Eater down. <laughs> eater down. <laughs> Eater down, neater neater down. <laughs> Sorry, you've probably never listened to Space Ghost Coast to Coast musical barbecue, have you? Well yeah. Uh eater down with white flowers on it. Is that a type of tree I'm guessing? It was like a huge grey silk eater down with white flowers on it. The flowers were seagulls resting on the water with their heads pointing out to sea suddenly the silk monkey began to laugh look she said those funny seagulls think they're embroidery they've just formed themselves into a big star with a tail exclaimed moomin troll sniff began to tremble violently then he took to his heels and ran along the ledge quite forgetting that he had once been afraid of falling across the sand and off towards moomin valley On the way, he stumbled over tufts of grass and roots, got entangled with branches, fell on his nose, splashed through a stream, and arrived in the valley at last quite dizzy and exhausted. He shot like an arrow into the Moomin house. "'What is it now?' asked Moomin Mama, who sat stirring the jam. Sniff crept very close to her and hid his nose in her apron. "'A secret society is after me,' he whispered. "'It's coming to get me and—' "'Not while I'm here,' said Moomin Mama.' Now what about a nice saucepan to (laughs) to lick out? I daren't, whispered Sniff. Not now, perhaps never. A little later on, he said. Well, perhaps just the edge, while I'm waiting. (laughs) When Moomintroll arrived, his mother's biggest jam pot was already full, and Sniff was just licking out the bottom of the saucepan. Hmm, said Moomintroll. Strange going-ons. What now? asked Sniff, looking up anxiously from the saucepan. "'Nothing,' answered Moomintroll, who didn't want to frighten him still more. "'I'm going to talk to the Muskrat for a bit.' "'The Muskrat was still lying in his hammock and thinking. "'Good afternoon, Uncle Muskrat,' said Moomintroll. "'Do you know that things have begun to happen?' "'Nothing new in any case,' said the Muskrat. "'Oh, yes,' said Moomintroll. "'Completely new.' There are people in the forest making secret signs everywhere. Threats or warnings or something. When the silk monkey and I came home a little while ago, somebody had arranged Mamma's jam pearls in a pattern that looked like a star with a tail. The muskrat looked at him with his shining black eyes, twitched his mustache, but said nothing. There is something going on, persisted Troll. The seagulls made the same star, and so did the paths of the ants in the wood. I believe it's a secret society threatening the little animal's sniff with revenge. The muskrat shook his head. I have every respect for your deductions, he said. But you are wrong, completely and absolutely, and without any doubt. Oh, well that's a good thing, said Moomintroll. (sighs) "Humph," rejoined the muskrat gloomily. Of course it's all the same to me, but I must admit I feel a trifle gratified that my foreboding was correct. "'What do you mean?' asked Moomindrol. "'That something unnecessary is going to happen.' The muskrat brooded silently, his forehead creased with wrinkles. "'Do you know what a star with a tail means?' he asked at last.
1: "'No,'
0: said Moomindrol. "'It's a comet,' said the muskrat. "'A glowing star that flashes through the empty black space beyond the sky trailing a fiery trail behind it.' "'Will strike me pink!' exclaimed Moomindrol, and his eyes became black with terror." Will it come here? I have not yet considered that point very deeply, answered the muskrat. Perhaps it will come. Perhaps not. It's all the same to a person who knows that everything is unnecessary. Troll looked up at the calm gray sky and thought how everydayish it was. But all the same, he muttered. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Now I think I shall go to sleep, said the muskrat. Run off and play, my child. Play as long as you can. Moomintroll hesitated. Just one more thing, he said. Is there anybody who knows a little more about the habits of comets? Someone who knows if this one will hit the earth or not? Well, the professors in the observatory on the lonely mountains ought to know that, said the muskrat. If they know anything at all, that is. But now run away and leave me in peace. Moomintroll went off deep in thought. "'What did he say?' asked Sniff, who was waiting around the corner. "'Was it really a secret society?' "'No,' said Troll, "'And not one of those sky monsters either?' asked Sniff anxiously. "'Not a scorpion or a bear?' "'No, no,' said Troll. "'Don't worry about it any more. "'But why are you looking so serious?' Sniff asked. "'I'm thinking,' said Troll. "'I'm thinking about you and me going on an expedition that will be the longest we've ever had. "'We are going to find the observatory on the Lonely Mountains.' And look at the stars through the biggest telescope in the world, and we had better go as soon as possible. And that's the end of chapter two. It was a short chapter. Let me just uh, cheat a look ahead, and it looks like chapter three is a short one too. But that's for me to know, and I guess now you to know. Uh oh damn. Hey, uh got a thing for you real quick. Um hey, Editor Dan. Hi, Evan. Hey buddy. Hi. Yeah. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm pretty good. You good? Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: Um I was talking to Tyler Thornton oh. and uh well uh huh. Here's the deal. Oh, what's this now? We demand more Katamari. What? Where is Katamari, man? Kat- You've got so many levels to finish. What are you doing, man? Katamari! Come on, Dan!
1: Katamari? This is how
0: you started. Come I- on! Yeah,
1: I guess so. Oh,
0: I love that music. Oh. I love listening to you play it. I, I like that music too. <laughs> I believe you can beat <laughs> it. I believe it.
1: You believe what? You believe what? Evan.
0: Yeah man, I I hope that you do end up playing it though some more cuz that, that was a fun one.
1: I mean, I guess uh. I I might be able to. <laughs> but
0: So uh, yeah, uh well, I guess that's it. What?
1: Uh. Oh, hang on, Evan, 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 Evan. Evan, wait a second. I'm not actually 100% certain how many more levels there are in Touch My Katamari for the PS Vita. Uh the big tragedy might be that The last episode of Katamari which I recorded... I think might actually be the last level. And if it's not, then it's the second last. I think I pretty much dried up... Like... All those Katamari levels. And then... uh, I I didn't realise it at the time. And then I went to record another episode of Katamari. And I found... Actually, there's no more episodes to play... Or I had trouble finding new 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 levels, is what I mean to say. So, but I just didn't bother. Uh, I didn't bother telling anyone. <laughs> it's a bit of an issue, isn't it? But uh, look, what I've got here. Uh, let me just put the microphone recorder down. It's down on the ground now. to go over here. I've plugged in my PS Vita, which was uh, dead because I haven't touched it in, in uh, <laughs> most of a year. Um, I, it's charged for a couple of minutes now. I'm just going to see if I can switch it on. Uh, we're going to see if there's another Katamari level. Uh Come on, thing. Turn on. Is that the on button? It is the on. There we are. I'm getting the PlayStation logo up here. I'm down here on the on the ground on my hands and knees with my PS Vita just in front of my face. Oh, pho- photosensitive epi- epilepsy. A ba- battery level is low. All kinds of warnings. Oh, shit. Set date and time. First of the first 2015. Yeah, whatever. That's good enough. Hi, kid. We're joined by the kid. He's interested in what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to swipe the the PS Vita screen. First of January. Zero, zero. Uh, Where's my games now? Oh, shit. Cut it out, kid. I mean, oh, gosh. Cut it out, kid. How do I go back? I've forgotten how to do this. Oh, I, I swipe. Where's games? Oh, man. The kid loves this thing. Holy moly. Here we are. Touch my Katamari. Start. I'm just loading, kid's right down here with me, hey Joseph. Joseph, can you say something? Joseph, can you say something? Yeah, that's the microphone, don't be playing with that. So, yeah, we're starting the game, let's just skip the introduction. Touch my Katamari. Previous save, start from beginning. Oh, obviously previous save, huh? Okay. Joseph, no, leave the microphone alone. Okay, so I'm just going to have a look around. What was the last? I saw, I'm i looking at all the different missions to play. Red Riding Hood, did we do this? Uh, higher score, 40 points. Yeah, we did this one. Suguru, higher score, 100 points. Female student, highest score, 52 points. Mum with baby, highest score, 12 points. Noble, highest score, 72 points. The kid's playing with the microphone, you might be able to hear some banging and like scratching and stuff. Joseph, don't do that, that must sound terrible. Okay, yeah, we've played this level. Young gal, highest score, 92 points, we've played that level. Bad boy, oh, 50 items special. Roll up 50 items and make it as big as possible. I mean, I played this. I played this level, but I think I failed it. Is that right? Okay, so that's one. There's one level at least that I can play. Kappa Kappa, Kappa. highest score 50 points. Muscle Man, highest score 15 points. Trey Chic, highest score 63 points. Urban Boy, highest score 52 points. New Hire, highest score 29 points, and then Red Riding Hood, highest score 40 points. So it looks like I've been all around to all of these levels. And I've played them all, uh, I, I've, uh, I've played all of the levels at least once. Muscle? Music clerk? Buddy Pizza. Fashion style. Curio collection. Store clerk. Thanks for your business. PlayStation Store. Exchange fame. Demacy. No, Jose- Joseph. Leave the, Leave the microphone alone. Yeah, that's the microphone, I know, I know. Um, so... Uh... Uh, Evan and Tyler... I'm afraid... There might only be one level of uh, Katamari left to play. And it's the 50 item special. Roll up 50 items and make it as big as possible. So that's the one which I failed last time. Uh, so I guess stay tuned for that special episode. Um... Yeah... Maybe there's, like, an expansion pack I can find for this game with more levels. That would be nice. Uh, yeah. So, oh, I've just switched the thing off. Sorry, kid. Hey, Joseph. Do you want to say something? Ah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, good talking. You hear that? He went, ah. Anyway. So, um... Yeah, I don't know how much more. Yeah, th- there might be one more Katamari episode, but uh, I'll, I'll need to do my research to see if there's more levels I can find to download. So sorry, sorry, Evan, Tolly, and Tyler Thornton. I don't know how good uh, I can be at producing more Katamari episodes. Um, maybe like the best I can do is, yeah, that one last episode. But uh let's 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 uh let's duck back into to what you were saying there. Uh take take it away, Evan.
0: <laughs> but uh Yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, yeah. That was short. Wow, I'm only at I'm only at fifteen minutes and like thirty seconds right now. I could do a whole bunch of stuff. I could pop my back, I could reach back and pet my cat right here behind me. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I guess I went through this whole episode without making a recommends, didn't I? Eh, I don't need to recommend something every episode, do I? No. Probably not. Actually, I do. You know what? Dana K has a podcast and he recommends things sometimes. I recommend that, like, on the topic of telescopes, if you ever get a chance out there to go, like, look at the stars, do it. It's kind of nice. When I was a kid, I used to go out with my dad, and we'd uh, go stargazing with a, a, a local group here in, uh, well, here in West Virginia. We'd go camping, and we'd stay up all night, and we'd, uh, I think we did the Messier Marathon one year. We watched... uh we watch stars fly through the sky. It was, it's fun stuff. We used to go out and watch the International Space Station during the summer. Um, if you ever get a chance to, like, just go out, or if you could go to an observatory and they'll... If they can show you through their telescope or anything, like, take that chance. It's pretty cool. Also, no, don't use any bright white lights whenever you're out doing it, because that'll definitely blind you. <laughs> Trust somebody who has a red light. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my, uh... That's my Evan T. recommends. Go, go get a telescope. Go stargazing sometime. Or, you know, just take your car out somewhere where it's, like, not lights from the city with all that light pollution. And just, like, you know, look up at the sky. It's kinda cool. And it's kinda nice and peaceful. Fun stuff. Well, I'm sure I've taken up enough of everyone's time. Uh, Oh, last time whenever I was doing this, the second that I finished reading the book, I'm sure that everybody noticed, well, at least I did because I'm, you know, the biggest critic I can be to myself. Like, there was a really bad clicking noise. Turns out there's a headphone, or my headphones, there's a microphone on it, a little plastic one, and it was banging against my good mic that you're hearing me get it recorded through right now. So to fix that, I've just taken my headphones off and they're laying in the bed next to me. Shouldn't be any clicking. That'll be good. Hopefully the audio's a lot better this time, y'all. Alright, well. Um, oh, Dan, before you, like, cut this, last time, <laughs> when you kicked the song in, I was, I was listening to it, and I guess I talk quieter than your music cuts in, so I basically went deaf when the outro music kicked on. <laughs> I can't tell if you did that on purpose or not, but it was kind of funny. Also, my ears are still ringing. So, uh... Good on you, man. Good on you. Uh... Alright. Everyone have a good night. Hope you all have a good day, Whatever you listen to this. Drive safe. Uh, cook safe. Whatever you do. We'll see you later. Bye.